Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Our daughter was watching a TV show where they were calling it um, Snowflake Time. Yeah, it is Snowflake Time. (laughs) Trump 2020, baby. (laughs) Happy holidays, everybody. They're coming up quick, and uh, it's getting real nerdy out there. Don't you feel like Christmas is for nerds, kind of? I hate it. The caroling, the waiting in line for Santa, getting your slot online to have your kids sit on Santa's lap. Yeah, our friends signed up on the internet for an appointment with Santa Claus. No, that's how they do it now. (laughs) What is happening? We went went to... uh, the Grove, um, uh, one of the most beautiful tourist destinations in Los Angeles. The Grove. What? What? Remember when malls were functional, not like pretending to be a boulevard in France? It's way better, though. You like them better. I went to a mall the other day to go to Chuck E. Cheese. and Oh, wait. Can we pause there? <laughs> you did what? At what? I went to Chuck E. Cheese for an hour with That's the child. exactly according to the Natasha Leggero character. Hey, guys, it's the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, by the way. Do we forget to say that? <laughs> we did. And it is. You went to a Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. It was cute. She, it was. I mean, it smelled like vomit. but That does sound cute. And there was like a doorman who was kind of like way too like talkative to the kids, like in their face. Oh, we went to on Thanksgiving, on Spanksgiving, we went to feed uh, people at the, the Laugh Factory. The Laugh Factory in Hollywood has this tradition where they, uh, the local the community, anybody who can't afford it can come get a, uh, a meal at the Laugh Factory and comedians serve them. And uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a sweet scene or whatever. But this man came up to Natasha. Uh, no, this man came up to uh, our child and like started petting her hair. She, he just started touching her hair. And I was like, this, I don't know. I didn't exactly know what to do because I'm like, this isn't egregious enough for me to be like, get your fucking hands off my kid. But also, like, at what age do you start telling kids, like, strangers can't touch your hair? I don't know. Now. I guess. What should I have said to the guy? Hey, man, don't touch my baby's hair. No, just, like, move, move directions. Hey, how are you? It, like, always, what I do when I want someone to leave me alone who's, like, seems a little... I'm not sure what their deal is. I just talk louder. Oh, I've noticed that. <laughs> well, we're in the streets and like somebody's trying to like spare change or something. Natasha just starts screaming, and I'm like, no, "Why are you? Why are you scream. yelling at me?" But she's like, "Oh, this is the store. Is this the store we wanted to go to?" I just feel like I'm trying to give off like power so that nobody fucks with me on the street. That's all. Yeah, all the powerful people talk loud. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to you went to Chuck E. Cheese. Tell us about that. Us. Um, Tell us about that. Me and me. It was it was cute. You know, I mean, they re- truly smelled like vomit. The pizza was good. 
There's a salad it was good bar. Pizza. Yeah. Would you say it's one of your favorite pizza pizzerias in Los Angeles? I'm not gonna lie, it was delicious. Shut up. The I Chuck E. Cheese pizza yes, was good. Yes. No way. Yes, it is. I've never it's under- thin crust and it's really good. I've never understood Square. how how the, the mice are able to toss the dough with their little paws. <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems well maybe it's the big the big mouse. The father mouse. Anyway, we were um it's it's the day after Thanksgiving, Christmas begun it's upsetting to me because i'm as you know full-on in the war on christmas i'm actually a corporal in the army that is the war on christmas like when somebody says merry christmas to me i flip them off and i say it's fucking happy holidays bitch and i say antifa i scream antifa in their face and just see how they react no but i will say i kind of hate that you won't let me even get a small christmas tree why do you want a christmas tree for aesthetic purposes that's it yes you know, you're reading around it and playing around it and the kid likes it and it's an activity to do with the child and something to teach it and you water it and you make it look really pretty and it I don't is know. Sweet. And it smells good and it just kind of adds like ambiance and then you feel like you're part of like the winter. I just feel like Christmas is so overwhelming as a as a thing. By the way, if I'm being honest, I do know that a Christmas tree is cool. And Christmas if I'm being real honest, is a superior holiday to Hanukkah. I think that's pretty obvious. Like, you guys have the entire birth of your Lord. All we have is fried foods, you know? But, like, there's just... I have a block when it comes to celebrating Christmas. I just feel like... I think it's nice. I think Christian I wouldn't families, celebrate Christmas. I would just have the tree. What do most Jewish people do who have trees? It's almost worse because I almost feel like it's disrespectful both to non-jews and to jews now now a, a non-religious person having a christmas tree uh that that's uh, that's a push to me you know that, that that's neither here nor there but a, a a jewish person for example having a christmas tree feels like both an insult to jewish heritage and christianity it's like oh we're going to take your primary mythology and just sort of turn it into like an excuse for like a pine and but aren't the pines from like, wouldn't we be taking from the pagans the same place that, is true. that the Jews or that the Christians are taking no, from? No, you're right. The Christmas tree isn't inherently Christian. It just is a stolen ritual from right. pagans. And since it's so beautiful and it's like a way to be artistic every year and, you know, it's fun to do with your kid, what's the big whoop? Aesthetically, you know, there's like physical aesthetics and psychological aesthetics. Oh, right. Like the psychological aesthetics of having a Christmas tree truly horrifies me. I just feel like I, I can't I can't have a kid who's a Jew who's celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ every year. Even if it's like, <laughs> oh no, but it's not about that anymore. It's like, yeah, Go but again. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. But we went to but the, the the dilemma becomes we're taking her to these like nice holiday things. Like we took her to this uh lit up uh train ride. You know, they they uh, this this little choo choo oh, train. Oh, and when we saw the big Santa She's like, who's that? And I was like, uh, that's our, un- that's Uncle Morty. <laughs> you can't. It's you're like, gonna have to tell her what Santa Claus is, and then she's gonna want it, wait, and then she's you gonna say, hate did you. Did you just say Santa Claus? Isn't that his name? You say Claus. Santa Claus. Claus. What do you say? Santa Claus. Oh, Claus. I mean, I think Santa you're, Claus. You're right. Like you're saying like claws, like on an animal, like their claws. Well, Santa I mean, Claus. I think you're right. Santa Claus. You sound like a white woman ordering a burrito, <laughs> like in a Mexican restaurant, trying to like be down. They're like, a carne asada, por favor. Really? Yeah, but but I think you're correct. I think it actually probably is like Santa Claus. Wait, how do you say it? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I spell it S A N A C L A W Z. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. And you say... Santa Claus. No, way, I say Santa Claus. The way that you spell it is S-A-umlat, <laughs> A-N-T-A, Klau, K-L-A-umlat, umlat, A-Z, Klaus. I think I'm right. I think you are right as well, but I don't think anyone pronounces it like We're that. We're from different regions. That's true. You're more from a... Uh, where are you from? You're from the Rhineland region of uh, <laughs> the Alps? I'm from the Rust Belt. <laughs> Santa Claus. It is funny to say though that's Uncle Morty because I like I didn't know what to say, and my whole thing with Santa Claus is that I don't want uh I don't want to tell my kid a lie, like especially if I'm not don't even celebrate the holiday. But now I'm just replacing it with a new lie that we're related to a man named Morty. <laughs> I mean, the other thing about it was when I was a young boy growing up and I knew Santa Claus was fake. Yes, I had less whimsy and wonder in my life, 
but I also had like a secret that all the other families didn't know and it made me feel powerful. I was like, I know, I know a secret. All these young fools believe in a, in a, in a bearded man in velvet who comes and eats their cookies and I know who truly eats the cookie. It's your fucking parents, bitch. And I would say that to kids on the playground and watch them cry. Would you really? No, I wouldn't, but I would think about it. You know, what's funny is hearing you say that story. I have a very distant memory of being in like first grade and raising my hand and telling the teacher. (laughs) I think some girl was telling us at recess that Santa Claus didn't exist. So I pretended to cry, (laughs) raised my hand and cried to the teacher that Santa Claus didn't exist and that 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 girl like ruined it for me. But you knew it was fake? Yeah. Why'd you do that? I don't know. It just came to me. I just remembered that. That's so interesting. So she said Santa Claus doesn't exist. You already knew it. Yes. But you got really... Because I had found my toys. You got really emotional. Just to get her in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) That is the Christmas spirit. (laughs) There is nothing more Christmassy than getting a girl in trouble for revealing something you already knew. And I also wanted everyone in the class to know he didn't exist. So she had whispered it to you? Yeah. that's. I think something like that. Like I had inside information. (laughs) That's very funny. (laughs) And then I wanted to like present it to the class and get the girl in trouble. (laughs) So you wanted to ruin everybody's Christmas, but blame her. Yeah. You're the Grinch. Why do you want a Christmas tree? I don't anymore. You sound like a young Jewish kid. (laughs) I told you I was always a closet Jew. All right. The other thing about the pagan roots of it, that bothers me because I'm like a hardcore, um, like uh, just anti-pagan kind of guy. Like I I believe I was like really into the... um, into the uh like the slaughtering of the pagans like to me that was like i'm really glad that the druids don't exist anymore Mm -hmm. like i'm just really glad that we killed off the druids i'm I'm doing another joke over here (laughs) natasha sorry i just realized i don't want a christmas tree (laughs) oh really you stopped listening to my riff i was just thinking like the hanukkah lights are so gorgeous i'll just do that I'll light the candles. We can sit around and do the same thing we would around a Christmas tree. But, you know, and then the the lights go down. You turn the candles on and it's nice. I mean, the funny part about Hanukkah is, and most Jews know this, but most maybe some people don't. It's one of the most minor holidays in the entire Jewish religion. But the reason it's the most celebrated, this is how powerful Christianity is. The reason it's the most celebrated is that it's just really close to Christmas. And like the Jews were like, we'd like a reason to celebrate this time of year. So that's why everybody celebrates Hanukkah. Hanukkah literally commemorates like a a battle between uh, some revolutionaries and like the hegemonic ruling class of the time and like some oil that burned for a long time. It's like a, it's celebrating a bargain, essentially. Well, also, I don't want a Christmas tree because then people are going to think, like my family, I should buy them Christmas presents if I have the tree. I don't want to buy presents. That's the other beautiful part about not celebrating Christmas is we don't have to buy Christmas presents for anybody. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. You like talked me out of wanting one. Thank you, Mosh. Thank you. I'm glad it worked. (laughs) I have enforced my Jew will upon you. And Moshe, you gave free turkeys. Oh, for Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. This was like the... The third year in a row that I've done this like turkey giveaway where I like open up my DMs for like 48 hours and I say if anybody needs a turkey. Actually, something really crazy happened to me this year because of it. Well, I mean, one thing that's weird is that you open up your DMs, you're like, I'll buy anybody a turkey. And then you get like a lot of nice people that are having a hard time over the holidays and it's like a pleasure to get them a turkey. But you also get a lot of like really insane, like just a lot of bizarre entitled emails. Like one woman wrote me a message that just said, turkey. And another guy goes, uh, turkey at Kroger is 10 cents a pound. Just send me $10 and gave me his <laughs> PayPal account. And I'm like, first of all, turkey's not 10 cents a pound. Second of all, you want a 20-pound <laughs> turkey? Like, that's such a big turkey. Third of all, f- go fuck yourself. I'm not sending you money. But I got a lot of really funny ones. But I got one really weird one, uh, which was that uh, I got one message. At like 6 p.m., I got this message. This person was like, are you really giving away turkeys? And I was like, yeah, send me your email. uh, Send me your address, and I'll get you a turkey. And she's like, oh, actually, I'm not. I I don't need a turkey. I don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm actually South African, and um, I just was touched to see that somebody was doing something nice. I was like, okay. I mean, I just read that and was like, okay. And then she wrote this other message after that that was like, super long scroll down kind of message. And she lives in South Africa. Lives in South Africa. 
and like it was just really long and she was like i've got two sons you know and then she told me the names of her sons and then she was like my son's a soccer player and my other sons are this and i i'm a i'm depressed and i'm a gay woman and i'm unemployed and blah, blah, blah. and i just it was so long i didn't even finish the message i just went about my day or whatever went out and i was at home it was like one o'clock in the morning i was watching the mandalorian on disney plus and um and i just like flipped open the message for some reason to read it again i read to the bottom and the the person goes i'm just writing to tell you i'm going to commit suicide tonight and I like my blood went cold. Like I, I first of all, like she's chosen to tell you this. I don't know why me. She she said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I guess I feel safe because you're far away. And I panicked. I mean, I'm like by myself on a couch, you know, like I'm not I'm not a, I, I just don't even know actually what to do. And um, it's also been five hours since she sent me the message. So I'm like, this woman could be dead. Like it, this could be have already happened. And I don't know what to do. I like send a message back to her like, you know, don't don't do it or something incisive like that you know and, and like i sent her a uh a, a suicide hotline in south africa or whatever i didn't know what to do and then i realized she told me the names of her sons first and last names so i'm like well maybe i should try looking up these sons so i like go on to facebook and i type in the name of her, this person and it's a kind of unusual name and there's four of them and i'm like i start clicking through them the first one i don't know the second one is this like straight up weird south african nazi like like it's all this like south african nazi propaganda which is like the nazis in south africa by the way i didn't know this they're on some like like specific south african shit like some shit i don't even they're just like oh our our hector hectaker of of you know yak verdant field for yak grazing has been taken over by the blacks it's just like it was like, huh? It's so specific. It's kind of Nazism I don't relate to. You know, back over here in the States, you got a Nazism I can relate to. I can understand it. You know, the Jews are coming. They're, 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 telling, our, they're telling the kids that Santa Claus is Uncle Morty. You know, things like that. This was like, I was lost. It was just like, and I was like, I don't want to message this guy. Like, what if this is the guy? I'm not trying to message this weird Nazi. And I was like, I guess I'll just let this guy's mom die. Uh, but then, then I got to the third person in the name and the guy was kicking a soccer ball and i was like oh shit i think this is the guy it's like six o'clock in the morning i'm panicking you know it's like six o'clock in the morning and it where, the, where they are and and i'm like sort of like panicked and i'm like i'm not even friends with this guy i don't even know if i can send him a message i, I friend request the guy and then i i send him this message like hey i i, I know this is we i could read you the messages i, I was like it, it was like it's truly a surreal experience i didn't know exactly what to to do i mean like i said i just like i'm not really equipped for such things you know but i send him this message and it go i go um i go hey i know this is random and weird but a person i think might be your mother messaged me on twitter saying some concerning stuff about her mental state and threatened to commit suicide i'm sorry to send you a message like this i don't know her but i told him some identifying information i won't tell you guys Uh, but she doesn't know me but for some reason she told me this if that's not your mother please forgive me for this alarming message if it is you might want to check on her and he just writes back what and it's actually kind of a comical way that he wrote it it was like a lot of question marks was like what kind of more wait motion that's a good letter you wrote oh to him i mean i didn't know i wouldn't know what to do i would just be like I don't know, because you want to... Well, I probably wouldn't have thought to track down the sons. Well, I just... Thank God I did. And I go, is this the right person? I'll send you the screen grabs. And he goes, oh my God, this is my mother. Then I don't hear back from him for like, you know, a while. And I'm just like, he's checking on his mom. Like, it could have already... She could already be dead. And and then five minutes later, I get this DM from the first person, from the woman on, on, on Twitter... And she's like, my son's gotten in touch with me. I'm safe. And uh, thank you or whatever. And it was like, it was just pretty crazy. I was like, you know, I mean, I always knew that giving away turkeys would end up saving someone's life. But I just didn't know in what form. But that was, I guess that's my Christmas gift. My Thanksgiving gift to the world is that I literally saved someone's life on Thanksgiving. I mean, maybe that's why she instinctively went out to you. Right. She knew you would like help her. I guess, you know, I told, uh, we told, I told, I sent the message to Kumail and, uh, he was like, his reaction was, she shouldn't have put that on you. 
He said that Emily, Emily, his wife Emily Gordon, the both of them were guests on this podcast. You, who she used to be a mental health professional, and so people will always unload these things on her because she, you know, she wrote a self help book, and she's like, uh, like random people, random people online because she has this sort of persona of mm. a person that can help, That's and hard. she's like a mandated reporter. And like it's like an unfair burden to put on people. I didn't feel put upon. It's never happened to me before. And also, I'm not a mandated reporter. So like, if you are feeling like you're going to hurt yourself, tell me. I'll keep it a secret, and I won't tell a soul. And you can just get you know get busy. Also, I'm making a joke, Natasha. We have to at least acknowledge (laughs) that I'm not really going to let you get busy. I know, I know. But I was going to say that if you can handle writing a letter like that, I feel like you can handle. It's not you're not being put upon like you can you can handle it. What do you mean? Oh, you're saying she chose the right one. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> she got the right one. Baby. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You're not put upon if you have people like that have a capacity sometimes and like someone who works professionally in that field. They have like more of a capacity for it. And it's a talent, I think, to be able to be unloaded on. I mean, I guess like I love taking a load. Uh, and that, that's like what a lot of what the turkey's about is I'm hoping to get a lot of like just a lot of hot holiday loads but I, I, I I'm laughing I did <laughs> I didn't experience it as an unfair burden but that's probably because it doesn't happen to me a lot I imagine if every day I was receiving s- suicide threats I would start to be like I don't know that I have the bandwidth emotionally to deal with this but I don't know I'd probably just try to help yeah it's hard uh, it's hard when you know that people have a lot of pain and a lot of people are out there living in a lot of pain you know that's what i one of the things i realized with this thanksgiving drive is like i mean i, I knew this and, and everybody knows this um intellectually that that poverty is an issue and that people are struggling and that the especially right now as the income gap is raising that people are really in acute stress about money but there's something about the holidays and direct messages where i'm like literally hearing people messaging me with their specific circumstance by the way i didn't request that i didn't say like prove to me that you deserve a turkey because i would say 90 percent of the people that uh requested one did not deserve a turkey wait didn't someone say that they wanted just the stuffing no somebody (laughs) wanted you to pay for no, somebody, somebody, somebody switched over to Venmo. I, I said, send me a DM on Twitter. They just Venmo requested me 50 bucks. And their message was like, I already have a turkey, but I could use some sides and pies for my peeps. I'm like, you can't flip. You can't. First of all, you can't flip digital. You, you can't just go to a new platform, make a request and be like, you can't use peeps. Right. Like that doesn't strike me as someone who's really in need. You're right. Anybody that says peeps doesn't have economic anxiety. That's what I think. It is a very funny thing. It's just like, what if she really did, though? It'd be very funny. It's like, this has been a very difficult year for me. Um, me and my family, um, I, you, you know, two of my two of my peeps were diagnosed HIV positive <laughs> this year. And some of my other peeps have lupus. <laughs> and we just can't afford to get this. But anyway, when you get these messages directly from people that are really in pain, economic pain, which is, uh, it can be a really... It, it it not only takes away your actual ability to care for yourself if you're particularly acutely broke, but also psychologically it weighs on you in this other way. Like you know people are in pain and you know people are in economic anxiety, but hearing people's direct stories going like this happened, this happened, this happened, here are the circumstances I'm in currently. Um, it was just, it's a, it's a good reminder. I mean, I grew up super poor. So like, I, I think that's probably why I do it. Like, because when I look now, at my bank account, you know, as opposed to where I was when I was growing up. I, when I look at my bank account, I have to admit to myself that, like, my wife is uh, starring in a CBS sitcom, so <laughs> I can afford a few turkeys. Or she can, I guess, technically, but she's not a very good book bookkeeper, so she doesn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take some calls. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. Happy Snowflake Day. Hanukkah Sameach. Happy Snowflake Day. Um, pick up this Snowflake episode. Snowflake season. Uh, this this episode, by the way, of the Endless Honeymoon podcast is brought to you by the brand new book from Donald Trump Jr. It's called Triggered. It's, it's a real hot read. Uh, it's all about the snowflakes uh, in snowflake season. Uh, Eid Mubarak. Um, um, Mary Diwali. And... Uh, is that all of the, the holidays that happen in winter? Happy solstice. I like the pagan one. What if I get a tree, but we say it's pagan? It's not a Christmas tree. Mm. Mm. How about we get a cross and we say that it's a, a, 
uh, the grand the grand corn X from the god the god goddess Gaia. I mean, I just don't want a fucking Christmas tree in my house. Is that okay? <laughs> okay, let's take a call. All right. Okay, let's call Kayla in Massachusetts. Or as I call it, massive two tits. <laughs> Good one. Thanks. Maybe I'll pitch it to Kayla, see what she thinks. <laughs> Kayla? Yes. Kayla, I have a question for you. Have you ever yeah. heard anyone at call your state massive two tits? <laughs> no, but I like that. Okay. Can you spread the word? <laughs> kind of tell everybody over there, the, the Kennedys and stuff like that? Yeah, that's great. I massive like that. two tits. Okay, great. Hi, Kayla. It's Natasha and Moshe. Hi, how are you? We're great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. I'm stuck in a blizzard right now, so this is nice. <laughs> oh, wow. It's uh, about 60 degrees and sunny here in Los Angeles. We're actually just about to take a photo shoot in our hot tub right after uh, right after we talk to you. Yeah, Natasha's... I'm so jealous. Natasha's going to jump into a bikini and show off her massive two tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Kayla, what's going on? Why did you want to talk to us? Um, well, I've just been really confused lately. I'm in a new relationship right now. We're about three months in and it started off really great, but it's just been really hard lately because I feel like I'm dating a whole new person. Essentially. Um, he has a really stressful job and in the beginning it wasn't so bad, but lately it's just really taking a toll on him. And I feel like whenever I try to talk to him about it, he isn't receptive and he gets really defensive about it. And he's like, well, how do you think I feel? I'm stuck in this job. And I just feel very alone in it because I don't know how to approach it anymore. But our relationship is so different now and he is so different now. And it's it's really sad. And it, I don't really know what to do or how to handle it. I have some bad news. Yes. <laughs> Well, he's kind of showing you his personality. It's only been three months. This is kind of who he is. No, that's yeah. 100%. The first first few dates, the beginning period, as they call it, the, the honeymoon period is... Uh, We're still in that mode. Yeah, I guess, is where people are trying to display their like their version of their best self to you. And then after a while, you get the real guy. You know, Maya Angelou once said, um, when someone shows you who you are in uh, the first three-month period of dating believe them or something like that i mean ba <laughs> basically you you got the real guy now the first guy was like his uh that was his uh show floor model and now <laughs> now you've discovered the real guy and you know there there might be a i don't know i could see maybe you talking to him and if he's really in love with you maybe he would like try to you know change his ways a little bit but it sounds like he's not very receptive and not really someone who talks through his problems because that's kind of what you're trying to do i got some more bad news for you kayla oh bring it on <laughs> well people you can't change people you just can't like people change but it's never predictable and it's never according to the way you want and all you can ever do is tell tell your own version of the truth and see what happens but they're but people don't change people change according to their own emotional arc they don't change for other people and so right. kayla i just don't think that this is a problem that's going to go away i think this is a problem and i don't think this is a problem that just arrived i think it's it's a it's a problem anyone can mask something for like eight weeks that's right yeah i didn't tell natasha about my hiv diagnosis for the first few times we made love unprotected remember? you didn't actually though you didn't tell me you were into cars <laughs> you waited like two years in the beginning, you're right. There was a definite honeymoon phase and I was so excited, but we had literally like three weeks of a honeymoon phase and then it just changed so quick. And I've been in other relationships where that's gone on for longer and I was like, oh shit, this is, <laughs> this is really changing really quick. And I just, I, I don't know, whenever I tried to talk to him about it, it seemed like it was syncing up with things getting really bad at work. And it seems like it's going to start to get better in January because it's not going to be so demanding so yeah. you're like, maybe I'll wait it out till then and see if he... Maybe. Exactly. Maybe that hot honeymoon will come back. I mean, no one's telling you to break up with the guy. I That's what I'm telling you. Oh, Natasha's <laughs> telling you to break up with the guy. Well, she just seems so cool. She was laughing at all your jokes. Yeah, that's true. She likes massive two tits. You seem like a cat. <laughs> yeah. 
She's cool. She uh, yeah. can find somebody else. I'm not telling you to break up with the guy. I'm telling you the way that I think of, I tell everybody about these sorts of issues that every relationship is like an equation. And on the one hand of the equation, you have how much you, you love or like or get out of the relationship, how much uh, fondness you feel for the person. And on the other hand are the things that you find uh, uh, annoying or hurtful or obnoxious. And then you have to weigh those two. If the amount of positive feeling you're getting from the relationship is outweighing the amount of negative feeling you're getting from it, then maybe you want to stick around. Mm-hmm. And if it uh, if the if the scales go the other way, then maybe you want to take off. Uh, unfortunately, some people the scales are totally off and they stay in the relationship anyway, not because they're enjoying the relationship, but because they're scared to be alone. And to me, that's a that's a big old that's a massive two tit right there. It's a mistake is what it is. Well, I know how I know what Kayla's thinking. She's thinking she'll she'll take the less, you know, it's less good right now than it is. It's more bad. She'll take that until January in the hopes that he'll change. But I don't know. I just feel like your daily life is important. Well, what do you like about the guy, Kayla? Well, I really like that he is sensitive but lately it's just really hard to talk to him. So it, it is out of character for him. But when we first met, well, wait, 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 just really to, sensitive. Yeah. Well, just to clarify, he's sensitive for two weeks, six days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it hooked me. Um, but yeah, it was just really nice to find a guy who was sensitive and it was nice. But yeah, I mean, we also have the same sense of humor and we connected really quick and it was just nice to find someone who's just not this like millennial douche essentially. Cause it's really hard out there. And, it was it was really nice, but I also just really don't like how he minimizes me and my job and my feelings whenever I try to talk to him. Like if I'm like like one time we had an argument about how he's changed and I was like, you know, my job is really demanding and hard, too, but you don't see me taking it out on you. And he was like, oh, well, our jobs can't be compared because mine's worse. Uh-huh. Or he'll just be like, well, you're being really dramatic or like oh, well, only, you know, like, I can't believe that you're coming to me about this stuff when I feel this way about my job. And that just makes me feel really alone. And that's the stuff that worries me is the communication. And and honestly, it's not just that he's not communicating. He's kind of like completely negating you in every way. And that's how he fights. And unless he goes into therapy, that's not going to change. And so he might have less stress at his job in January, but he's still going to talk to you like that when he gets mad. That is so true. He's not... The lack of stress isn't going to make him think of his superiority towards you differently. You know, you know when you see one of those ships, the, those like classic uh, images of like a ship with a man on the bow that's like signaling to the airplane, the you know those signal flags. Yes. When you were telling your last little story, I just saw a man on top of a bow of a ship with like <laughs> nineteen red red flags just going like swooshing in the sea air. Going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let us know if you are able to do it and uh, break up with them. <laughs> Kayla, what do you think you want to do? Having talked um, this through and hurt. I mean, sometimes it helps to just talk a thing through and say it out loud. Like, so w- here's what we have heard. Let me just s- summarize what Natasha and I have heard. Okay. We've heard that you were, you've only been with him for three months. It's supposed to be, by the way, it's supposed to stay pleasant longer than three months. <laughs> right. not, not just three weeks, but you've only you've been with him three months. At the three-week period he started to uh he had a complete personality change (laughs) and started to uh not only uh become more stressed out about work but then you said in the last little uh, the last red flag he started to actually take it out on you so he's not just passively frustrated he's actually picking on you um when you want to talk to him about it he refuses when you talk to him about your own frustrations he minimizes it and says his are the only ones that matter now that you've this is what we heard I'm uh, sorry I'm laughing, but... It's hilarious. Hearing it back, it is something to laugh about, which is nice, because <laughs> normally I'm very sad about this. Um, but it is, it, it's like, oh, great, here's a guy that you're dating that has a million red flags and who doesn't <laughs> doesn't want to listen to you. So in a way, it is nice to hear it back. I mean, it's it's definitely something to consider. It's, well, I, I, have some, I, I have some advice at this point in the, uh, in, in the call. You had okay. three nice weeks, to, and then you had... Uh, Two months, one week of pure, unadulterated hell. You <laughs> yeah. think it's going to end in January, which is about uh, four. His job is about. It's about th- almost a little more than three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, um, if you're not ready to call it quits, which we're not telling you to do, wait around, 
until January and see if he has another extreme and sudden personality shift in January where he immediately instantly starts treating you like the true massive two-titted princess that you are. <laughs> and if not, then you've got some information. You go, ah, he's not going to change. That wasn't who he was. This is who he is. I like that. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I I think it's worth waiting. I just, I don't know if the stress is just bringing out the bad qualities and I don't know if it's anything that can be talked about further or I don't know. I, I think that I do need to give it some more time for sure. But I do think that if the job stuff starts to slow down and I'm just seeing that nothing is changing after a talk and me being honest with him, if nothing changes, then I think that's when I would have to be done, um, which is really sad. And I hope it doesn't get to that point, but it will. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Kayla, good luck out there. Okay. Bye. Our pleasure. Bye-bye. Poor gal. I feel like we helped her. Well, sometimes it hears very honest, but sometimes it helps. That guy sucks. He does suck. And sometimes it helps to just hear the information that you already know read back to you from a neutral party that's mocking you and laughing <laughs> at it. Well, the way that he was talking to her, I don't think I've we've ever talked to each other. Well, we're also older and we figured out the ways not to talk to people. Right. I remember once I was packing for a trip to Israel in front of a girl that I had a like a romantic relationship with, but it wasn't um, monogamous. Mm-hmm. And I was putting my condoms in the um, in the in the suitcase. I was just like packing and putting my. And she was there, and she's like, "Did you just put condoms in your suitcase?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, we're not monogamous." And I swear to God, I didn't realize what an obnoxious, horrifying, like mean thing that was to do. Did she think you were monogamous? No. So why did she care that I was packing the condoms in front of her, as if to say? Oh, oh, honey, this has been a nice time we've had in the States. But when I get to Israel, I'm going to be fucking some Sephardic With a condom. Women. With a condom. I'm not going to bring I would have liked it. <laughs> okay, well, all I mean is that I look back on the way that I treated people in dating. Like some of them were egregious and I was a jerk. Some of the, most of the time I was, uh, I was an okay guy. But sometimes I was not aware of the way that I was treating them because I was young. And mm-hmm. I thought that that kind of communication was like, you know, normal or whatever. But I don't think you purposely would make people feel bad. And that's exactly my point. It's inconsiderate. It's not even purposeful uh, uh, cruelty. It's like I was, I remember another time I was hooking up with a girl and right when we were done, you know what I mean by done, right? <laughs> I told her, I go, I'm really glad we you did. You rubbed in your jeans? Yeah. When I, once I creamed my jeans, <laughs> I told her, uh, I, I'm really glad we didn't have sex tonight because I'm actually in love with someone else. <laughs> it's like, and she was like, obviously hurt but you were trying to be honest with her or something but they say you know Maya Angelou once said honesty when not coupled with compassion is brutality actually I don't think that was uh, Maya but I I do know why the caged bird sings (laughs) I do and what happens to a raisin in the sun that's Langston Hughes anyway let's take another call Now we're going to call Hannah in Charleston, South Carolina. Hello. Hannah. Hey. (laughs) I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, What do you think about calling, instead of South Carolina, mouth care vagina? (laughs) I think we should make that happen. Oh, great. (laughs) You laughed at his joke, though. Hi, Hannah. It's (laughs) Natasha. Hi. And I'm 40 years old, and my name's Moshe. (laughs) It's so great to talk to you guys. Uh, what's going on? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I wrote in. I wrote in the other night, um, like a couple glasses of wine deep, feeling really frustrated. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, I met my husband in college, and we got married about a year and a half ago, and have uh, recently moved to a new city. Um, kind of getting our lives together. And we've always had this dynamic where he's like very, very extroverted and I'm not so much. Uh, I'm still social, but just he's like extreme in that he always wants to hang out with people and like for a long time. And um, it, it was great in college because that's kind of like what your life is. But now I'm kind of in a place where it's like I have we have lives and stuff to do and we can't just like 
go hang out with our buddies and drink beer and watch football all the time. Yeah, it's really... Do you guys have kids? No, not yet. We I, have a dog. I think that this is really... Don't ho- you... Hold on a minute. <laughs> Don't you... We're parents. How dare you... How dare you compare your dog to our child? You just said our child is a dog. <laughs> No, but Hannah, I mean, I feel like Moshe and I have a little bit of this that we've had to work through. Like, it's not just like immaturity. It's probably how he relaxes. You know, he he probably recharges by being with his friends and being around people. Whereas like you might be a little more recharging like time alone. And also you want to have like couples time with him and you want quality time with just the two of you. And so you really have to like find that balance. And especially before you have kids and if he is unwavering or, you know, won't come over to your side at all. Uh, I don't know. It feels like you might have to divorce him. Wait, why do you tell everybody <laughs> to break up, Natasha? If they don't You know. always tell people to break up. Wait, 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 Hannah. <laughs> let me ask you a few details. D- does he, he likes to hang out and you're, you're becoming more introverted as the years go on. But that part of that no. is, no, is that not true? I, I've always been like, I can be social and I like to hang out with people, but it, not to the extent that he does. Like he's, he's, always just wanting to like go shoot the shit for like hours and we're always the last ones at the party and it is I Natasha kind of explained it perfectly but like I'll I feel like a nag because we'll be at his buddy's garage like drinking beers and eventually I'll be like okay I think it's time to go home and he doesn't want to and I don't (laughs) I don't know how to like have a conversation with him to make him understand like I need to go home now or else I'm going to become really cranky and we're going to fight about it. You know what I mean? Well, here is uh, the solution, I think. As, as How old are you? I'm 24. He's 27. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so you guys are becoming like getting into your adult, full adult zone. You're like approaching the, the full reality of your adultness and it's only going to get more. And your husband his 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 personality is one that needs to be out shooting the shit with his friends. Probably not going to change. And yours is one that you don't mind doing that, but you also can't don't want to stay all night and sometimes just want to stay home altogether. The solution to me is fairly simple. It's to have a conversation when you're not fighting about this, not when, and you're, when frust- you're not drunk. You no yeah, no wine and no frustration where you say morning is good like over coffee or something. Right. Uh, yeah, and where you say is what I've been thinking. I know that you're a person that needs to be out and be social for a long time. I don't want to change that about you because I don't want to change who you are. But this is also true about me. I I don't have the same capacity as you. So from now on, we're going to drive separately when we go to parties. (laughs) And when I'm feeling frustrated and it's time for me to go, I'm going to give you a kiss and I'm going to say bye-bye. And I'm going to drive home drink four bottles of wine and wander through the <laughs> colonial streets of South Carolina by myself, staring at my hands, wondering what I did to deserve this. Or you could come with me. Or you could come with me. But but taking the fight part out of it, it's like, yeah, it's annoying for him probably because he wants to stay for three more hours for you to be like, let's go, let's go. And it's annoying for you because you want him to to make you feel valued by saying when you want to go I'll go but he's not devaluing you he's just doing what he wants to do Natasha what I kind of disagree with Moshe because I think it's part of a bigger problem like as a woman you want to spend time like she wants him to want to spend time with her too and maybe they can like I mean do you guys do stuff at night like you know go home and watch a movie or you know watch TV yeah definitely but it does it's beginning to feel like it's uh like, as an example, the other night, I I joined a bowling team recently, and I have to start, you know, working on my skills. And so I asked him to go bowling with me, and he was like, yeah, like, who else can come? Right. And I was thinking, like, cute date night, and that happens often. And I'm, like, wondering if I'm just the worst. You're, <laughs> no. you're not the worst. You're around me. No, you're, you're – oh, that's funny. You're wondering if the reason he wants other people there is – listen, this dynamic is exactly – Natasha and my dynamic I like being around people and I assume because that feels so good to me that it'll feel good to her too and Natasha doesn't like that as much she's also very social she's probably if I'm guessing based only on what you're complaining about and the fact that you've joined a bowling league even more socially savvy than you but she but but compared to me she doesn't I like to just be out and partying and talking and laughing that's what I like and it's not exactly what she likes so like 
it's not i don't think i could be wrong but you don't stay at the, you don't want to stay at the party like three you usually you and i are usually in sync when we want to go home sure. we go home watch a movie together you know but have sex all night long all night pounding <laughs> just just mouth care of i'm vagina. just saying there needs to be some balance absolutely but yeah, like I, you and I do have date nights. I maybe she could have, they could have like a night where it's just the two of them. Yeah, I just think that the solution to your problem, Hannah, is to lay out what you're feeling and ask for what you want, rather than tell him that what he's doing is bad. Tell him what you need, which is I'm going to drive separately to the parties, and I'm going to tell you when I pitch ideas to you when I want them to just be the two of us. Like what I've noticed, women like this is. I hope I'm not about to put my foot in my mouth. Is it women <laughs> like when a man already knows what they actually want? They they like when like when you pitched the bowling thing, you didn't just not want his friends to come, you wanted him to not want his friends to come. But unfortunately, and she also assumed that it was a couple's thing. Right. Whereas like maybe you should have said it. Maybe you can just say it. You but know, that's hard to say. It's not that hard. You're married to the guy. That's um, the whole... I just want this to be I couples. I think I can night. say that. Yeah. Like just you and me. I would like yeah. it to just be you and me. So And then got... if he's like, uh-uh. Now you're in tr- now you go back to uh to <laughs> Natasha's plan. And yeah. by the way, you're right there at you're you're in Charleston? Yeah. If it, all goes poorly when you pitch these things over coffee. You sit down. Here's what I need. I know you have different needs than me. I'm going to drive separately to the party. I need us to also set stuff up that's just couples time, just the two of us, because that's what I need and that's what I like. If he reacts poorly to that, you can wander down to one of those marinas, steal a yacht, and just go out into the Atlantic. There's like all kinds of great island nations right nearby you. You can find a, a beautiful Bahaman, Bahaman man and you can start a whole new life drinking uh, Malibu rum under a palm tree and you can forget all about that loser. There's no, no better way to get some private couples time than to be on a deserted island. I have one more piece of advice though. Don't expect him to pitch the stuff. So it's like even though you want him to, as long as he, as, as long as you have the energy for it and you can do it and you pitch it to him and he's game, like that's probably and he's comes with you. Yeah. That's what I do with Moshe. It's your, because it, I want him to think of like he knows where all my favorite places are. <laughs> he's never like impromptu brought me there. Didn't I just? Didn't but I, I'll bring us there. Didn't I then, just say that on Christmas we could go to the strip club? <laughs> I just told you that. <laughs> But anyway, that's I just my Natasha's last piece right. of advice. That is really we still wise. have a great time. That your job, like it or not, in this relationship, because of the man that you married, is going to be your job is the person that's going to have to pitch the couples only stuff. His job is going to be okay. to come gregarious guy, to come along, agree to 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 those things, and to be gregarious guy that finds the party, and you guys find a balance between the two of you. I like that. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. I like that a lot. Wait, were you serious about driving separately? Because I don't hate no, it. No, I was 100% serious. Okay. 100%. Cool. <laughs> you just say, when we go to a party, I'm going to drive separately or I'm going to grab an Uber when it's time for me to go. And it's yeah. no slide on you. It's not that I don't. I think you're being a jerk. It's that I need a little bit more uh, alone time than you. I need less party time than you. And you don't have to say alone time because it could be right. together. I don't want to clip your wings. Right. And you're always welcome to go with me. And you're always welcome to stay. One thing Natasha does for me that is really great is she never gives me shit. when I, What I like to do, I like to go surfing. I like to go camping. She's always not always down. She never gives me shit when I'm like, would this be an okay time for me to go camping? Or would this be an okay time for me to go surfing? And if there's nothing that's on the schedule, she's like, of course, because she knows that, that that's what I need. And for her, I don't give her shit about her. Like, she's totally, like, crazy horny. And <laughs> she needs it, like, constantly. And, like, you know, I'm d- willing to give it to her because I know that's what she needs to be happy. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is pretty nice of me. You're right. He has a big heart. <laughs> okay. I have one more confession for you guys. Okay. Um, my husband... <laughs> Is the guy who uses his shirt as a pants? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. your husband, <laughs> the party animal, is the same guy that ha- that has to spin his shirt to shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Natasha was right. Divorce. I showed him the episode, and I, I, I showed him the episode, and I said, are you mad? And he goes, I'm just upset that they didn't, he didn't understand that it's for like I get too hot in the bathroom and I literally <laughs> Yeah, sure, that makes sense. I'm like that's worse. <laughs> that that makes plenty of sense. He's like he's upset that we misunderstood that he was trying to fan off his 
his shit sweats. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It sounds like he's funny, and it sounds like he listens to the podcast. The other beautiful thing is you could just have him listen to this episode of the podcast, and he'd understand what you need. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, huh? Well, or, or maybe talk talk to him too. If if you if you don't think he could handle it, yeah. Just no, I'll talk to him first, and I'll, if he gives me any shit, I'll be like, "Well, listen to what Natasha and Moshe." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. All right, good luck. <laughs> okay. May, may, Thanks, and guys. may the may the may the t shirt in the bathroom spin ever in your favor. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> All right, let's uh, play a few secrets. Hey, Moshe and Natasha. I am in the back of the front office where I work. Um, I was trying really hard to find out what I could call in as my secret, but obviously I buried it. So I buried it so hard core back in the deep mind of my subconscious or whatever that means. Uh, yeah, so here it goes. So I was some guy, and I told him that I had a miscarriage at a Little Wayne concert. But in reality, I definitely had an abortion because he was from the Bronx and Puerto Rican. So there you go. Wait a minute. Wait, first of all, her whole premise was that everyone has a dark secret if they think hard enough. Because <laughs> she was like... <laughs> Wait, well, we're we're missing a giant part. Did she just say she got an abortion because the guy was Puerto Rican and from the Bronx? Yeah, and that she told him it was a miscarriage, but she, oh, because she didn't want to have him have any say. Well, she probably should have just told him, listen, if you were from Queens and not Puerto Rican, we could have raised this family together. She's probably very young when it happened, like high school. Why wouldn't she just say I'm too young? Why tell us that she had an abortion because of a Puerto Rican man impregnated her? I, I, I'm a little, st- I, it was so fun up until the, the racial reveal because I, I really liked the idea that she was pitching this idea that she was just going so hard at a Lil Wayne concert. Like, I like the detail. I was just, I was grooving so hard at that Lil Wayne concert that my Lil Wayne popped right out. But in the end, I, I wish she hadn't said the Puerto Rican thing. Yeah. Let's play another secret. Hey, guys. Um, so I have a partner who, uh, always talks about the day he fell in love with me. Um, that's the day that I cried. Um, and I don't remember ever crying around him or what day he's ever talking about, <laughs> but I just sort of nod and, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, totally that day. And I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, I don't know if this is anything I should worry about anymore. Because obviously it's entered our uh, relationship mythos. Anyway, love the podcast. Uh, Love both of y'all. I love this. That's great. His man is like, that day I knew you were something special. Because you were so overwhelmed with emotion and you wept a tear and I said, this is the guy for me. And it's like, he's like, that was not me. Well, I, I was not there. You're thinking of someone else entirely. Also, what I, what I like about it too is that uh, how often does he tell this story? That's my, that's my main concern because I feel like he said every day. Oh, man. Laura, do you remember, did he say often? He said he often tells this story. Nobody wants to hear that every day even if it did happen that that would annoy me but if it doesn't annoy you he probably thought you were crying he just saw that in you even though that's not what you were exuding i'm sure you were there i remember the day i fell in love with you you do yep when i um i had had something removed from my neck and i had like a big sore it was gross and i came to natasha's house we had plans no you canceled plans oh really i think or you said there's something i have to tell you I have a thing on my neck. You didn't text me that, though. And I came over wearing like a turtleneck and like four scarves. And then she unwrapped them each individually and 
gave me a gentle kiss on the sore. No, I didn't. <laughs> Shut up. No, you were so touched because I was just like, here's a scarf. She was like, who cares? And that, I honestly, that was really nice. I, what I, else would someone say? I don't know, but I never really Ew, been... dude. Yes. Really? You I think d- a woman would say that who no, wants to have sex with I you? but I just maybe never had been, like, had real intimacy with somebody before. I was always in, like, a power position when it came to dating. Like, so I would have just canceled the plan because it's like... I wasn't in a romantic situation with somebody, so if it was just sexual, I would have canceled the plan and stayed home and uh, put salve on my wound. But she just was like, "Oh, come over, you idiot!" And uh, and that night, she 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 fingered the sore until I climaxed. See, now that's probably the fifth time I've heard you tell that story. That's an appropriate amount. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling him for their relationship. Like, if you told me that story every day. Well, I don't know if I could take it. Yeah. They, you know, the Maya Angelou once said, never tell a daily story about a, an open sore. <laughs> okay, let's hear another one. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. I was always really frustrated that I didn't have a secret to share because I am pretty much an open book. But then I thought of a secret of my boyfriend. I promised I would never tell anyone because he was so fucking embarrassed about it. But it's really funny, so I'm going to tell you guys. We were on vacation with his family, and we were sharing a bedroom with his sister and her boyfriend. We were also sharing the same bathroom. This is context. It's needed. We wake up in the middle of the night. We had not drank heavily the night before, so I don't know how this happened. But the bed is wet. I'm wet. The bed's wet. The sheets are wet. And he has pissed himself and on me on the bed. So he was so embarrassed. He didn't want to shower. He didn't want it. We were in the last bit of clothing that we had bought or brought for the trip because we were going home the next day. So we just had to change into our daytime clothes, ball up the sheets as if we had decided in the middle of the night to move on to the uncomfortable couch and throw our sheets on the floor. And his family wakes up, and we are sleeping without blankets on the couch, and we're already dressed for the day. And I don't remember what weird excuse we came up with to justify this. But I don't and I don't know what they think. They probably think I pissed the bed for all they know. But he definitely pissed the bed. And we had to drive the 10-hour drive home in, like, semi-pee-covered clothes. So promised him I would never say anything. He got mad at me that day for making fun of him about it. But you guys have it now. So... What did you think we thought he was seven? <laughs> well, this is a normal b- behavioral developmental milestone. I mean, one time is fine, but if when a guy starts pissing the bed, that's when you have to break up with him. I uh, lim- no, well, I mean again on the breakup old. thing. Here's the uh, that's the- a red flag if they're alcoholics and they piss the bed more than once. I've had that happen where they did it twice, and I was like, okay, I'm you were out. Yeah, I w- think I might know why this guy pissed the bed. Could it be that it's not alcoholism? but that he's intimidated because he's with a woman who's such a big bully that he goes, please never tell anyone this. And she's like, I know what I'll do. I'll call a podcast and reveal your deepest, darkest secret on it. <laughs> I, I need him to call so I can give him the advice you would give her. Get out. Well, folks, we had a real journey today. Talked about Christmas. We almost bought a Christmas tree. And in the end, we decided we're just going to go with Hanukkah. Yeah. Go with Hanukkah. Go with Hanukkah. Um, Tosh, any thoughts? Um, no, just uh, I guess I don't know why you think it's so bad to break up with someone. Well, I not, I'll tell you a why. lot of relationships aren't supposed to work. Actually, it's funny. you're always like stay together. No, it's not that. Here's the thing: these people are in their twenties. No, here's the thing. Uh, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I just got a uh, I just got a comment on a. Uh, on Twitter, I usually actually don't check Twitter comments, but I, I read the ones about our episodes because I, I like it when people interact with us about them. And the person said, uh, you know, yeesh, this, that last call, she was talking about the, the, the episode where the woman called and the guy was doing the late night text messages. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And he said, yeesh, that last call in the episode was rough. No, she should just get out. I've been there before. Good night texts, whether received or sent, are bad news. And I understand actually why she 
this person thinks that. And I actually agree that this person should break up, but I am reluctant to give prescriptive advice saying you need to get out because it's like people need to learn their own lessons. They already, I, I think, maybe I'm naive here. No, you're right. They already know the information. That- I know, but a lot of times, you know, it's like if I've experienced it, I'm going to say that I experienced it and I know because I've had 13 long relationships, I feel like. Yeah. I just feel like I've, I've, I'm just, I, I feel like people shouldn't waste their time or be afraid to break up with people. To divorce people even? Without kids, it's not that big of a deal. Right. I That's what you. I mean when people are like, if their core values are wrong. Because sometimes people get married too young. That's true. I don't I know. Just, you don't want to have kids and be in like a bad relationship. When it comes to doling out advice, which by the way. I'm prim- not trying to give people advice. I'm just saying. No, no. I mean. I sharing think- what i experience you have stronger feelings on when you can feel it's over i mean i think it too i just think it's better to uh to lay out the case and let them make the decision that they know they have to make than to just be some guy with a podcast going like it's over (laughs) it's not move along you know what i mean hey that's my style i like your style and you know what else (laughs) what i love you i like you too 